Hi, you're listening to episode 41 of Desi Geek Girls. I'm Preeti Chibber. And I'm Swapna Krishna, and we are recording on Thursday, January 23rd, 2020. <laughs> that sounds like a fake that year. That sounds a lot. Like, that's just <laughs> a lot. That sounds was a lot. And I'm, like, listening, I'm cringing as I'm listening to myself talk because I, I'm so nasal because I'm so sick. I'm not so sick, but I just sound, like, I am sick, but I sound really bad and so i apologize to all of you because it's not great to listen to for me so it's probably not great to listen to for you but we had to record today (laughs) because it's picard day somebody in my mentions called it picardmas yes i think that's i think that's good i like that (laughs) i believe i believe it was uh one of our listeners scott if i'm not mistaken so thank you for for that gift of picardmas Um, but before we dive into Picard, and we'll do what we normally do, which is a non-spoilery review, and then um, a spoiler fest, um, but before we dive in, we have some news. Yeah, we, so 2020, we're super excited. Uh, last year was kind of like a finding our footing again sort of year. Yeah, I had right? a baby, Preeti left her job to write full-time, so it was just, it was a really big transition year for both of us, trying to figure out where we were and what we were doing and um while this podcast is always a priority for us it's just um it was it it was getting really hard to balance for a while like balance everything that was going on in both Mm -hmm. of our lives but we're back in 2020 with like a renewed commitment a renewed commitment a brand new look and logo which we are obsessed with so check it out if you haven't seen us talking about it or posting about it um it was yeah actually... um it was designed by Preeti's lovely sister Hero Chipper but we didn't ask her because she's Preeti's sister we asked her because she's really really good at what she does I am obsessed with the logo she made for Preeti's website and so I was like hey can we ask her to do our <laughs> like podcast logo too so we did and um but if you have any design like logo design type needs she was super professional and easy to work with and she, we are just so thrilled with the result yeah you can uh find her website at <laughs> I laugh because it's it's funny but it's herel.org <laughs> H-E-E-R-A-L dot org because she's apparently an organization. She's an organization in and of herself. Yes, Um, but we'll put a link in the show notes. (laughs) Yes, we'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, And one other piece of what we are very excited about is our new Patreon tiers. You know, we've had Patreon for us almost since the show's inception. I think we started about two or three months after we launched the show back in yeah. 2017. Just to kind of, we, we use it very much just to do server costs and hosting and, and kind of all of the administration part of this podcast. Yeah. Um, but we are excited to introduce these new tiers because we created swag, which we've we've very rarely ever actually had any sort of real swag other than maybe our holiday cards. Yes, so we have real swag, like I'm talking enamel pins and stickers, and even we're planning on doing a tote bag. And they're beautiful. Um, they are, and we're we're hoping to introduce more swag. And also just, um, you know, we we our Patreon tiers badly needed updating because it's kind of hard to judge what we should give as rewards. And we've heard from a lot of you that swag is something you're excited about, so we hope these tiers will work better and um, you guys will be interested in them, but we would love to hear your thoughts. Yeah. So those should be, we're, we're getting, I think our stuff in fairly soon. Like the stickers are on their way, the pins yeah. are on their way. So we're excited to share like what they actually look like. Um, but yeah, tell us what you think. Like 
let us know if that works or if you're looking for something else. Um, I think that's about it for like the new new show stuff. Yes, um, and then Preeti has some very exciting news that yeah! I just went live yesterday. Yeah, so yesterday, or I guess now when you're listening to it, it will be two days ago, but yesterday uh, we announced that I am writing a picture book about Yoda, and it's illustrated beautifully by Mike Dees. Like, I am obsessed so with the illustrations. They are so cute. adorable. Um, and it's basically uh, just a moment in Empire Strikes Back. You know, they, they asked me if I would write it for... To, to for the 40th anniversary of Empire Strikes Back, which is, which is this year, which is banana pants. That is banana pants. But it's very exciting. I joked with her that um, between her Clone Wars anthology, this book, and then, like, other... I was like, you can't even list all... You know, she's in our, like, the anthology I'm co-editing. I was like, you can't even list all your upcoming books in a Twitter bio. Like, she has so much stuff coming out, and it's so good, and I am so proud of Preeti. Thank you. It, it's all born of sheer panic of worrying about not having enough money. Just No, kidding. it's born of hard work and being <laughs> awesome. That's where it comes from. Uh, speaking of very exciting properties that we are obsessed with and love desperately. Yes. There are going to be people of color in Middle Earth! What? So Amazon um, did kind of a weird job, but they um, are doing the Lord of the Rings series uh, about the men of Numenor, which is kind of like a prequel series to the actual Lord of the Rings. Um, and they announced a cast list with no photos, which was weird, but they just kind of tweeted out yeah, the actors. Was, yeah, it was very weird. Like, but it was very cool because there were multiple actors of color on the list. And like, I, I if y'all have listened to the podcast, you know, Preeti and I have so much love for Peter Jackson's Middle Earth and for Peter Jackson's um, Lord of the Rings. But the lack of people of color is just like, it's almost laughable that he thought people would accept like dragons and like dwarves but not people of color was a step too far like no no that's ridiculous so like <laughs> it's really exciting that it looks like this show will be a bit more inclusive yeah between this and the wheel of time which i cannot even believe is happening in my lifetime like i'm is super amazon doing that one yeah amazon's also cuz they own everything well. Um, <laughs> between those though, the, the casting of, of, the inclusive casting is very, it's very exciting. Yeah, it is very exciting and it's definitely time for mm -hmm. something like this to happen. Uh, so also a trailer dropped a few weeks ago now, I think, um, for Kumail Nanjiani and Issa Rae's new movie called The Lovebirds. It is so funny. So the trailer opens and it's, you know, Issa Rae and Kumail and they're like being all in love and it's cute. And then they get in like an Uber Lyft situation and their driver hits a guy and kills him and then proceeds to like run over the dude three times and they get framed for the for the murder. Oh my God. I, cause I, so I will admit I have not watched this trailer. And so I'm like sitting here like, what? It's so funny. It's like an it looks like an action rom com. I'm uh, here for it. Right? It it comes out April third. I can't wait to see it. And getting to see one, we always talk about how, you know, this conversation has been happening in, in circles and like marginalized communities for a long time about how interracial relationships don't always have to be like 
non-white person plus white person. Yeah. So yeah. this is it's really right? nice that it's a South Asian man and a woman of color, like you know, a and black a, woman, like and a like... black woman, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, and getting to see a shift in what we perceive to be a romantic hero, you know, it's funny because it's Kumail who's this like kind of like for a long time was this like schlubby comedian and we've all seen the photo. He got super shadow conned out for the new Eternals movie, whatever. But getting to see our shift in understanding of what, who can be a romantic lead between him and like Henry Golding and, and these men who absolutely deserve to be in that space is awesome. Yes. Agreed. I'm, I'm, I was excited for this movie, but I was going to go see this movie regardless, but I'm really excited I'm, I'm, it, it, I'm excited for it to make a lot of money and once yes. again dispel the myth that like people won't go see people of color in lead roles in rom-coms because it absolutely is not true. Yep. We're all gonna go see it. Yes, we are. <laughs> okay, I feel like we've held on long enough. Like we, we've yes. held on long enough. Because this is a Star Wars podcast. Obviously. We have to talk about Star Wars. Oh so. my god. Oh my god. Like yeah, I know. The Clone Wars teaser yeah. or the final trailer, I guess, dropped like, yesterday. I can't even get the words out of my mouth. Yeah. I'm so excited. It's it's a lot. Um I talked to Preeti yesterday about my suspicion that actually it's going to take place partially during Revenge of the Sith, because there are some line mirrored lines, like, you know, Samuel L. Jackson has some of the same lines in the movie that he does in the show. So I think we're going to get another perspective of Order 66, which is going to be brutal. And I'm going to cry. It's like going to, I already know that like this, it's going to break, or like Clone Wars breaks my heart. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, like, this is where you see a, the fall of a character done so well through the animated series. The, the animated series made Revenge of the Sith so much more bleak. Because you watched an Anakin you liked. Like, I, Anakin in the Clone Wars is likable and you respect him as a leader and you kind of end up being like, how did this, how did this happen? So when yeah. the fall happens and you, and you watch all the, the, the machinations that, you know, lead to that point, been kind of, I think, almost peak like narrative illustrating the fall of someone you love into Mm -hmm. something unrecognizably evil and I know that this last season between that and the Ahsoka stuff like Ahsoka's last arc in Clone Wars is Mm heart-wrenching and having between and having this take place in between that and where we know it ends up in Star Wars Rebels Mm -hmm. between her and Anakin and Vader is I like I don't know how I'm gonna take it I I just I don't know what I'm, I'm gonna cry so much I am just so excited to see Ahsoka hand Maul's ass to him yes. on Mandalore. Because you know it's going to happen. You know it's going to happen. Like, she is going to kick him off Mandalore, and I'm so excited for it. Because at some point, so this, we have to see, so the last we saw Maul in Clone Wars was on Mandalore when mm-hmm. uh, Sidious comes and says, basically, I have, I have mm-hmm. a use for you. And that's that's the last time we see him until we see him right. again in Solo, Solo. Yeah. where he's like running the crime syndicate. Yeah. Boss. 
So this will take place in between that. So mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm excited about this. I actually also kind of want a story that takes place between Solo and Rebels to find out how he became the person he was in Star Wars Rebels, which is a very different. It's per- very different, yeah. So I mean, Maul has such an they've they've t- they took a character again to the like Dave Filoni's like immense talent like took a character from the prequels who was only known for like you know ray park is a kick-ass fighter and a kick-ass duel scene and like gave us his whole life to the point where at the end of his arc in rebels i was like oh my god yeah like it's a really (laughs) he has a really tragic backstory he has a really like you can understand how he got twisted and warped like it's it's just very sad and very well done uh star wars is a tragedy Ugh, ugh. <laughs> um so we're so we're planning on um breaking down some of our favorite clone wars episodes um when we uh do our next picard episode because we're going to cover picard like we did the mandalorian with um check in every few episodes so the next time we'll probably record is after the third episode because the first three episodes of picard is the opening arc basically that's the it's like it kind of functions as one, like, long episode. Um, so we'll record again then, and then we'll also talk about our favorite Clone Wars episode. Yeah, so we're, we're hoping to cover Clone Wars in a similar way. Like, we'll do the first episode, for sure, and then likely we'll be, um, depending upon schedule and our, our schedules, uh, based on the arcs, because we're assuming that, one, it's going to air weekly on Disney+. Plus. To, because of the the way the press release was worded, and two that it'll kind of maintain old Clone Wars structure, which was often two or three episode story arcs. Yes. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Um. So that's we're definitely looking forward to covering that. Uh. Okay. Let's get to the main. Let's get to our main. Okay. This episode. Tell so, me. Star Trek Picard. Tell me. All your feelings. I want okay, to hear well, first, them. So I went to the premiere of yeah, you did. in L.A. Yes, I did. I did the press junket. Um, and then the premiere. And it was like... Who'd you meet? Oh, my God. I met all of them. So Brent Spiner and I are announcing our engagement any day now. He doesn't <laughs> know it yet. But, oh, my word, that man still got it. Oh, my God. He's still very attractive. <laughs> um, no, they. I mean... Just, there was one point at the after party where uh, I saw Santiago Cabrera, and he is such a good-looking man, (laughs) and um, he caught me staring at him, like, three times, and I was just like, I'm sorry, you should be used to this, like... You're so handsome, You're so handsome. But, um, no, I got to meet pretty much the entire main cast, uh, and ask them some really, uh, I hope, good questions. Um, I'm covering the show, like eight different places so i had an article go up on sci-fi yesterday um and that's non-spoilery uh i'll put links to all these in the show notes and then i'm recapping the series and at at star trek.com those will go up every friday and then um, i also have an article that went up today that is spoilery for the first episode uh on engadget but uh yeah no i'm so um did the junket after having watched the first episode then at the premiere they showed us the first three episodes um which was super interesting and as i said like that functions is kind of the opening arc for this like a lot of people described it um cast and crew as a 10-hour movie and i i agree with that having seen the first three episodes because that is very much the opening act um 
So, the show, I mean, I don't think it comes as a surprise to anybody that I loved it. I <laughs> don't think that's a shocker. Um, yes. <laughs> but I think it did a lot of very creative things. It kept the man the same, changed his circumstances, and changed the type of story, which I think is a really big deal. Um, it turned Star Trek into a prestige drama, which we've never seen before, and I think the series needs. Like, I think to be able to attract new audiences, you have to be a dynamic franchise. Not every... Not every installment should be like the one that came before or the one that comes after so this particular installment of star trek is the prestige drama and i am really here for it um i think they did very good job um and i really liked the setup in the first episode i'm not going to go into spoilers yet but i did love the setup in the first episode um what did you think I liked it a lot, and, and it's funny because Star Trek is something that has been kind of on the periphery of my fandom for a long time. Like we've talked about it on the show. I've watched. We did an episode where I watched, you know, Next Gen yeah, episodes that you told me episodes. to watch. Um, but I'd seen a lot of Next Gen. I've seen. My mom's a big Trek fan, uh, and so I kind of grew up with it, but I never really got super duper deep into it. Um, I can speak kind of about specific aspects of. Mostly Star Trek Next Gen. Um, so I was super excited about this show because I love Patrick Stewart and I love the idea of him coming back to play this character in the world that we're in, you know, created in the world that we're in now. Uh, I liked the first episode a lot. I think change, I think it felt very set up. It felt very much like it was built like a building block to get to the yes. next part of the story. Um, so it's hard because there's actually not a lot that happens in that. No, and that's actually supposedly that is something that the production team has been worried about because this is, it's a very slow paced show. It, it's not super actiony. It's not, it's so funny because some people are complaining that it's too actiony with the action sequences, which is like, what? What? And some people are complaining it's too slow and it's like, okay, like whatever. But, um, okay. I think we can start getting into spoilers here. Yeah, I think so. Um, so if you haven't watched, go ahead and mute now and uh, or turn it off now and come back when you have watched the first episode. Um, okay, so one thing I thought they did really well is, and you tell me because you're coming from this background, you tell me if you agree. It I think they did a, as good of a job as they could balancing between old fans and new ones. There's a lot of information dumps in the first episode, mm -hmm. but I think it's done in a pretty artful way. Yeah, like, I didn't know, you know, all of the background with the Romulans, and I, I didn't know if what they're referencing was, like, a real thing that had happened mm -hmm. in that we had seen in, like, a Star Trek movie or something, but it didn't really matter. Like, I got... Yeah. I got... I understood... They, they did a good job of, like, recognizing that they needed to share that information. And they did it in a way that was still compelling, like, setting yeah. up that interview and mm -hmm. setting up the, like, idea of the synthetics and the Romulans and where we stand and why Picard was so angry. Um, I thought was a good job. And a, a, they did a good job of relaying the plot points that we needed in, a, in an interesting way. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought, I thought that worked. I thought that worked as well as it could, honestly. Like, you're always going to have a tension in a show like this with such a deep 
deep history of catering to the fans that, you know, have been watching since the beginning and people like me who, like, I could see 30 seconds of any Star Trek episode or probably, like, even 10 and tell you the name, the season, and the episode number. Like, and then the people... But Star Trek isn't going to survive as a franchise if it can't bring in new viewers and if it can't appeal to new people. It just... It's not. It, it can't... So I think... This episode is a really good way, and while I do really like, I do love Discovery, I'm not sure that that show appeals to newer viewers, like, in this, Star, Star Trek Discovery is very much, even though it adheres to story, t like, it, it, it doesn't, it's not just, like, episode by episode, there are season-long arcs, and there are, you know, these, like, compelling, like, multi-episode stories, in a lot of ways, it still is very much episode by episode, and this is not, and I think that's good. Yeah. I think it's something different. I, I don't think Discovery should do more of this, but I'm glad that this is doing something different. Yeah, this felt unique, and it felt like something I wanted. This, like, when you called it a prestige drama, I think it, it hit the nail on the head. Like, this felt like the thing that you want people, you want to talk to people about, and yeah. that it's going to be like, this would be like a water cooler show and yes, could be exactly. a water cooler show. Yes. Right. It gave me like hints of like early lost and like yeah. building, like setting this uh, mystery up at the beginning of this girl um, who this, the new actress whose name Issa Briones. Issa Briones. She's half Asian, which is awesome. Yeah. She's half Filipino. Um, and I actually, I thought she was a little, I thought she was overacting a little, which then you told me that she comes from Broadway, which made yeah, sense. Yeah, she played, uh, <laughs> she was the first, she was in the first production of, and the youngest, uh, I think, lead Hamilton member ever, but she um, was in the tour, one of the first touring productions of Hamilton. But yeah, she does come from a stage background. And you could see it a little bit. And I mean, part of that is that she, Patrick Stewart is just so good he's a and he's a very subtle actor he's a very subtle actor he's a very like kind of quietly powerful actor and so that's mm -hmm. I mean that's daunting for a young actress to go up against yeah. I'm sure uh and you said that you think it smooths out over the course of a few episodes I do that didn't it didn't strike she didn't strike me that way from the beginning because I saw the first I've seen the first episode I think five times now <laughs> uh, between like watching and then re-watching and then seeing it at the premiere and then having to re-watch it for the recap like I've seen it a bunch of times and I don't think that struck me any time uh that but also um I do have the benefit of having seen all three episodes and I think like, I, I understand why they're doing it week to week, and I think they should. Like, that's, it's an hour, like, that's how they, people really shows. Like, that's pretty normal, um, especially if they're trying to, you know, get people to subscribe to CBS All Access. He can't dump it all at once. But I think it is very much hard when you, this show, this episode was just set up. Yeah, it was, it was a lot it of setup. just set up. I mean, that said, it was exciting setup. Like, I loved basically every moment that um, Jean-Luc has where he thinks he's seeing Data. Like, I loved yeah. every scene Brent Spiner was in. Um, and I loved the kind of... I thought Alison Pill was amazing. 
in that moment where he goes to see her to talk to her about the necklace and to talk to her about the she had potential. To so much information. So much information. And she did so much techno babble. And she did such a good job with it. Because it made it like, I was like, we were, you know, I watched it uh, with my family and we were all like kind of guessing at what was going to happen. We were like guessing at what was going on. And so this idea of another synth who doesn't know that she's a synth directly yeah. related to data is fascinating yeah and there's a lot and like that last shot where it zooms where you see soji the um dr asher the twin mm-hmm. and then it zooms out and the borg are like or the romulans are like salvaging a borg cube which is like what like it was just <laughs> like what is happening there's so much I think the thing I like about it is you can be intrigued by the story and intrigued by the characters and have absolutely no knowledge of who the Borg are, who the Romulans yeah, are. I didn't, I didn't know what that was, but I was still like, this is clearly important. Yes. <laughs> and, like, it doesn't matter if you don't know because the whole point is they're trying to, like, they will explain it to you in an artful way. That's, um, I think that is, like, that's one of the strengths of having a, a storyteller like Michael Chabon, um who is such a good storyteller. Like, oh my he's God, a showrunner. I, have, I forgot that he was the showrunner and I should have known. <laughs> yeah, he's a really good storyteller. Um, and one of the questions I asked a lot of him at the junket was like, how, that's actually a lot of what my Engadget article is about. Like, how do you balance between like bringing in new viewers, but also not alienating like longtime fans who don't want to sit through a bunch of explanation because they're like, we already know this. And I think this show did a, such a good job. Like, the way it weaved in explanation you know with or if if you're a longtime fan with explanation you don't so that those scenes were still interesting like it was really well done i'm hoping so one thing i did want to mention that i thought was kind of weird and i'm i don't you might know more about upcoming casting than uh-huh. i do i mean i'm sure you do actually but the way I didn't love the way that the black characters were presented in this first episode, it was a little jarring. One, because first we had the black woman who interviewed him. Yeah, who didn't, I believe, was unnamed. Unnamed and was very like, she was clearly supposed to be that like kind of aggressive reporter yeah. who was doing her job, but we don't get the benefit of any sort of backstory as to why yeah. she was pushing him. She was just kind of this unnamed antagonistic reporter. And then the boyfriend um, mm-hmm. who was shot or no, stabbed, mm-hmm. stabbed or shot, stabbed. killed, killed in the first act. So I'm hoping that they're going to have more um, black actors on screen and more kind of uh, Michelle skin. Heard. Oh, is good. A, uh, series regular. So okay, she's going to get introduced, I believe, in episode two. Okay, excellent. That was like um, honestly, she, that was like my one thing that I was like, oh. Yeah, she's really good. She's very good. She plays um, a character called Rafi who has a past with Picard, and, and no spoilers. And I'm under embargo, so I can't spoil anything. But one thing, uh, past, not a romantic past. Like she worked with him post the next generation. <laughs> not a romantic past. <laughs> but uh, or maybe it's romantic. I don't know. But like, I, I realized. By saying she had a past with him, I was implying something and I didn't mean to imply it. <laughs> um, and she is not in good... How do I put this? She's So basically, she, as Michelle Hurd put it, she relies on vices to get through the day because 
she's in such a bad place mm-hmm. when the show begins. She's a very interesting character, and I am very much looking forward to. Part of the frustration is having of having to see in the first episode for three episodes is I have to wait like a month to get anything new. Oh yeah, and I'm like I'm like oh like I just want to know more about these characters and more about the story, and I'm like oh I have to wait an entire month. I know, I'm excited to get further, because like we said, like because this episode was so set up and was so kind of expositional in bringing new people into the world and making us feel like we know what's going on, mm-hmm. it lost a little in that, like, we had the cliffhanger at the end, but I want more actual story. Like, I want to understand. A lot of the series regulars have not even been introduced. Like, yeah. Cabrera has not right. even introduced he plays i think his name is cristobal rios um and then michelle hurd rafi musiker um uh evan evagora plays a romulan called uh i blanking on his name elnor elnor i remember because it sounds like it's from lord of the rings yeah <laughs> and he looks like he's from lord of the rings too he has like long hair and like a sword um amazing i can't wait <laughs> yeah and I like. There's a lot of there's a lot of care, and we just met Soji and Narek, the Romulan uh, who she meets at the end of. So there's there's a lot. There's still a lot to come, even in just the first the next couple of episodes. Yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes because I'm yeah. thinking, I feel like in the next two episodes is where they're really gonna kind of pull people into being committed, like dedicated viewers. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what I'm waiting for because I I adore Patrick Stewart I adore like kind of the like really lovely way this episode was shot yeah and very very strangely like quietly presented to us yeah but I'm looking forward to getting more and getting more of that Star Trek feeling yeah okay so I will say Hanel Culpepper did the first three episodes she's a director and I believe the first black director to black female director to direct like a pilot episode of the show I think is standing somebody I think LeVar actually told said that to me oh did LeVar well okay so I did this like okay yes he said that to me in a in a I had an interview thing with him that it was not published and I can't tell you why I had an interview thing with him and you're probably never gonna see it but yes LeVar told me that so I'm just going with his like, and now I'm turning red, and I'm, like, fanning my face. Um, so, anyway. Uh, but, so I think, um, so she does the first three episodes, and she continues that sensibility. But, I yeah, like, it does get much more Star Trek. Like, the, the sci-fi really, like, this was very much a drama. And, yes, there were sci-fi elements, but it was very much a drama. Yeah. It gets a lot more sci-fi. Um, there's, uh, like, it's just... You start getting in deep with like what's going on and what's and there are still a lot of answers. Like it's a lot of it's a lot more questions unfolding, and it's one of those things where each answer it's like lost. That, that's a good comparison um, because each question answer brings up like three more questions. Oh, I'm so excited! Yeah, I like it. I'm really I'm glad in a way that discovery and I, I hate comparing it to discovery because they're such different shows and discovery is wonderful in its own right but in a way that discovery was very much about the twists and turns i think this show is about the mystery and i'm really looking forward to that because discovery got its like talking points from like the 
the just, like, unending, like, twists and turns that it took you on, and which were really cool, but it didn't leave a lot for to, like, sit and discuss, because it's like, oh, that happened, that was really cool. Like, but, like, there's not a lot to, like, delve into, whereas I think this show lends itself much more to kind of theorizing. Mm-hmm. Which I'm excited about, because I've missed that aspect of um tv television generally i i think like i don't watch i haven't seen a lot of shows recently that like i just want to sit and like dissect them after they're done and Mm -hmm. this is one of them well i'm glad we're coming back to like i feel like we're finally kind of getting back to the tv model of weekly releases and giving us that time i am sorry i i apologize to all of you who love like but i hate it hate it when all the episodes of something drops at once because I never go back and watch it. It's it's gotten more and more difficult. I feel like it yeah. used to be something that was like, oh yeah, we're I'm gonna spend like days on this, but it's gotten like there are there are seasons dropped of shows that I watch that I haven't even started because I yeah. don't have time yeah. to watch sit down and watch like, you know, ten episodes of something. Right. Exactly. So Come in, like I thought the Mandalorian worked so well because every week we were all talking about it. We like, were all talking about it. And it's funny, Heather Caden, who's one of the executive producers on the show, was actually specifically citing the Mandalorian. And that is my personal theory as to why they dropped it in the morning. Because Discovery, they didn't drop until like 7 or 8 p.m. Right. On the day of release. But I think they. she specifically said she enjoyed like watching The Mandalorian with their kids, like, that appointment TV, and then, um, like, and then everyone was talking about it. And so I think that's what everybody was talking about Star Trek Picard today, even if they hadn't seen it. It's just like, oh, I can't wait to go watch this Yeah, tonight. it's true. Like, and it's, everybody was talking about it today, and I think that's the way to do it, because I think it gives, like, I, I don't know. I'm just really glad that they're doing it week by week. And I understand that it's really frustrating that uh, it's on a kind of exclusive streaming network and it's really irritating to have to pay for i get it i do a hundred percent but like it's the new world it's the new it's the it's the way things are please don't complain to me about it because i have no like i I have become one of the focal points for uh just people complaining about cbs all access i'm like i have no i've already written one article about how everybody hates this i'm not gonna write anymore because i made my (laughs) point already like and now i've moved on like this is just what the world is now, this and is what the world I, is. it's it is it what it is. It sucks. I'm not saying it doesn't, but there's is a what reason. Like I'm currently subscribed to Stars, so I can watch. Uh, the, I binge the entire Dublin Murders series, which is the Tana French uh, based on the Tana <laughs> French books, and then I'm probably gonna cancel it and get HBO so I can watch Watchmen and the Golden Compass, and then I'll probably cancel that and pick up something else because that's what I do now (laughs) now my tv budget is like okay like month by month what am I paying for oh it's so annoying Mm -hmm. I basically am like oh if it's on a thing I don't already subscribe to I'm probably never gonna see it yeah basically I I I used to be like that and then there's there's just some shows I really I decided I wanted to watch so I'm changing it up for 2020 this is my new 2020 viewing strategy so we'll see if it works is there any other like Picard stuff we want to mention? Um, I don't think so. I feel like that's pretty good. Um, yeah. I'm like, wow, it really wasn't. I told Preeti, I was like, I think this is going to be a short episode. And she laughed at me. But well, because usually we say it's going to be short and then it's an hour later and we're still but, talking. Like, I just really feel like as much as I really enjoyed this show, it was all this. 
episode, it was all set up. And so it's gonna, I think we're gonna have a lot more to talk about once we record after episode three. Yeah. Because once we can start out, because like right now, we don't, like, I, you know, but I don't know what the big mystery is. I don't know, like, I don't really know anything other than those like tiny tidbits they gave us. And I don't know enough to like speculate. Yeah. And um, after the first three episodes, things things get weird in a good way. Uh, like, in a, like, it's just, there's a lot. And I, I can't wait for people to, um, everyone to see it. And so I can stop keeping secrets because I don't like keeping <laughs> secrets. I'm not good at it. I'm, I'm terrible good. at it. Yeah. I'm, I'm terrible at it. But, um, yeah, so that's, that's the first episode of Picard we're super I'm just super excited and Kurtzman said uh sorry Alex Kurtzman who's the uh executive producer he's like kind of like the overlord of the Star Trek franchise he lets slip I don't know he probably don't want to slip he's a smart guy but in the interview I was in he said that there's two more unannounced live action Star Trek projects (gasps) so if we count that Star Trek Discovery which is starting season three is my guess uh in the in like April to July is I when I guess that'll drop. Lower Decks, which is the animated kind of workplace mm-hmm. comedy, um, which the first season of that, uh, that has already finished production, but they haven't given us a release date for it. We've got the Nickelodeon, like, teenage-aimed show. Right. Um, the CGI show. And then we've got the Section 31 spinoff with Michelle Yeoh of yeah. Discovery, um, which we don't really know much about that, but... Uh, someone told us, and wasn't supposed to, that that is in production now. Oh. Um, I think Heather Caden said that, and Alex Kurtzman, she was like, that's public, right? And Alex Kurtzman was like, well, I guess it is now, (laughs) Um, which was great. Um, And then, uh, let's see. Um, So that is, like, what, did I just count five shows? And then there's two more live action shows. Um, So that's really exciting, and I think my not-so-secret prediction is that the strategy of CBS All Access is to have all like something Star Trek running, new Star Trek running year round. I mean, it's like Disney, like trying to have something Star Wars running fairly yeah. consistently because that's the money maker. And right. If people are gonna, people will like, like if you like Star Trek enough, you will subscribe to CBS All Access year round to get like you know, yeah, these shows. Man, franchise storytelling, my favorite. <laughs> so sorry. all right on yep. to sorry what i was gonna say sorry i had to mute to cough oh no that's okay uh on to things we love so right now for me i am playing the witcher 3 on the playstation because i watched the show and i thought the show was super fun and ridiculous it, it's like trash fantasy at its best. Yeah, I've watched the first two episodes of the show, and I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, it's it's very. I didn't. I thought it was this like super serious kind of dark, gritty fantasy. No, it's just absurd and funny, and there is darkness, obviously, and it's very violent. Um, but I really had a good time watching it, which I was surprised by. So then, PlayStation had some sale, and the game was like 15 bucks. It is absurd. It is amazing. I just had this thing where Geralt, who is my favorite now, like, gruff dad, dopey in love, like, big ox of a character. He's, like, a monster hunter with, like, the softest marshmallowy inside. Co-wrote a play and performed in it. In the video game? In the video game. 
I performed in a play. I've gone on a date. Okay. I killed a vampire. Like, this game is ridiculous, and it's okay, so amazing. The Witcher, was it books? So it's, it's published, I think. I'm okay. pretty sure. Uh, originally, and I think it was books, then the video game? Okay. Where the books avail- the books are available in English. Though. Yes, yes. And I think I saw they're getting reprinted because they're... Which makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm not entirely sure on which came first, the books or the video game, but I believe it was the books. Uh, okay. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, yeah, it's thoroughly enjoyable. It is just fun. I mean, it's it's hard. Like, I'm playing it on an easy mode, and there are things that I cannot do, so I cannot. I am not. I'm like a button masher video game player, and yes. I play for the story. So, I and there's so much story. It is like you can weave your way so slowly through this like event of Ger- of Geralt trying to find Ciri. Um, and up one of my all-time favorite books uh, again, which is Cushiel's Dart, the Cushiel's Dart series by Jacqueline Carey. And it's just, it's, well, so it's three trilogies. Uh, okay, so nine books. So nine books. Uh, I read, I mean, I read them, I like, literally I was up till three in the morning reading it. Like, I've read this book before. I've been reading these books since I was, like, 19. But I still was, there's, like, the second book has one of the best reveals of all time. And I was, like, reading to get to that reveal last night. And I was, like, still, still, I was, like, (gasps) when it happened, even though I know it's gonna happen. And then after I read that, I was, like, well, I can't now stop until after this thing has been resolved. Like, it's so good it's like masquerades as this like sexy you know romantic fantasy but it's that plus like intrigue and one of the best most complex female characters at its lead it is like everything i think uh a friend of ours turning it into a yeah so it got optioned i think i want to say by stars actually okay uh and the way a friend of ours, uh, Carly Lane, who also writes her sci-fi fangirls, called it everything that Game of Thrones wished it was. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> Which I agree with because it's got like all of the sex, it's got all of the like romance, and it, but it's also got like intrigue and like darkness and intensity of plot, and but it centers women and consent mm-hmm. in a way that is very refreshing. Um, so yeah, you can pick up the entire first trilogy, which is all around this character that I love so much, for like fifteen dollars. I think the ebook is like fifteen ninety nine for all three books, and it's like oh, that's really good. It's probably like ten thousand pages or something. <laughs> so worth it. But yeah, that's what I that's what I love right now. What about you? Um, two things. So first is our little baby Star Wars Resistance. Oh. it airs its final episode sunday um and this is a show it's had two seasons so if you have disney plus it's worth watching i don't know it's it took a while to find its footing and then Preeti and i both feel like it was canceled before it really had yes. the chance to find it but if you love like found families and like just amazing animation it's it's worth it's it's not like one of those shows it's not like clone wars or rebels where it like it fills in or provides greater context to the movies, but it's just its own thing. And it's, um, I don't know. I really like it. It's sweet. And 
um, a little more appropriate for younger viewers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you want to watch, if you want like an animated show to watch with your kids, like that might be a good one. Anyway, I just want to mention it because the last episode is on Sunday, and I'm sad it's going away. Um, and uh, I just finished the book *The Deadly Divide* about by Asma Zen- by Asma Zehanath Khan, and. This book, it's a series, it's the Rachel Getty Essa Kadek series, and it's set in Canada. It's the fifth book in that series. The series is set in Canada, and basically um, about the special division of the Canadian police that specifically, like, is aimed at investigating crimes against minority communities. So it's a super... um, it's a very interesting premise, and that makes it sound like the series might be depressing because it's crimes against minority communities, but it's there's not a lot of crime fiction that's mainstream crime fiction um, that is by authors of color. They're just not. It's a very mm-hmm. white genre. Um, it is very, like, it's very hard to find. And this is a really good series that just keeps getting better and better with each installment. Um, and... It, I don't know, I just, I don't know what to say about it besides, like, if you haven't, I think the first book is called, uh, um, Unquiet, The Unquiet Dead, if I recall correctly, but it's a real, it's, it's very good, she is very good, um, the character, it's a very character driven, um, so it's not plot driven, but yeah, no, it's, it's very good, and so I just finished it, and I'm really glad because, I've been wanting to read it, and I think it might be the best one in the series yet. Ooh, and it's out. It's out, yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's out. So that came out last year, and I was just behind. Because life. Yes, because life. I'm actually getting back to reading regularly, though, which is nice. Um, It's, it's, uh, I bought a dedicated e-reader finally, rather than trying to read on my iPad, and that has, like, made me so much better of a reader, because I'm not constantly clicking over to Twitter or my email. Ugh, I, I know I miss I used to have a Sony e-reader like a Sony pocket e-reader mm-hmm. and it was my favorite thing it was the yeah. best e-reader I've ever had it was the perfect mm-hmm. size it didn't do anything else that is my thing I don't need <laughs> YouTube I don't need no. like I don't need I just want a device to read on and it was like and so. e, it was e-ink it was the so it you know tire out your eyes so it doesn't hurt your eyes and then they discontinued yeah. because monopolies mm-hmm. and i'm still sad about it like yeah. i loved i loved that reader so much i just need a single function device especially when it comes to like i do all my reading electronically these days because Same. for multiple reasons uh because i could keep an e-reader in my pocket and kind of pull it out while the baby's playing or doing his own thing and read for five minutes um and Honestly, I don't know where any of my books are. I have a bunch of bookshelves downstairs. There's no organization. I'm not going to, like, spend, like, six hours of, like, I was so funny because, like, reorganizing my bookshelves is something in my pre-child days I would have, like, spent, like, happily spent, like, four days on, and now I'm like, uh, uh. But as a result, like, books just get shoved down there, and then I'll just, like, go down and, like, be like, okay, read this, read this, read this. But so, like, now I've almost... I like having print copies to take pictures of because, like, if I'm like going to talk about it, yeah, a pretty pictures and for giveaways, yep, for giveaways. But like, generally, I just read electronically because it's easier. Yeah, I do all my reading on my phone for the most part, which is terrible, but it's also the most convenient. Yep. 
So, but because since I'm getting a dedicated e-reader, I actually have been reading a lot. And I love it because I missed reading. And I honestly was starting to think it was a thing that I just was never going to get back. Like, because I just couldn't sit still and I couldn't, like, sit for long enough to pay attention. And so I'm really glad I'm kind of enjoying it again. Okay. So, we are part of the Hard Knock Life Podcast Network. I, I got I like, lost in our script. I got I'm lost sorry. too. And I, I was, was like, like where, where are we? What are we doing? Okay, yes, but we are part of the Hard Knock Live Podcast Network. You can find all the podcasts in the Hard Knock on in the Hard Knock Media family at hardknockmedia.com. Today we want to shout shout out the fucking Do It cast, whose latest episode is all things the rise of Skywalker. And for our Patreon, which again, we have those new exciting tiers, so Mm -hmm. check them out. Uh, Thank you to Meredith Smith at the $12 level and Charmin, Jordan, Summerine, Brandy, Gayathri, Jerome, Claire, Brian, Rahul, Robert, Sylvia, and Chris at the $5 level. We appreciate you so much. We appreciate you so much. And for our, we've gotten a couple of new Patreon subscribers and thank you so much for that. Um, We very much appreciate your support. Um, and if you want to know more about the tiers or anything, we'll put a link to our Patreon in the show notes. We don't usually do that. We probably should no, do we that. we probably should. We probably should. We're it's really bad at this. <laughs> but it is, uh, it's patreon.com slash girls. Yeah. so it's easy to um, find, but yeah. Yes. We probably should have been doing <laughs> two, that all along. Two years into this podcast. Yeah, we're still figuring things out, guys. Sorry. Two years. Oh my God. We started oh, in 2017, yeah. almost yeah. three years. We have no excuse. Oh lord! Um, so you can find us on Twitter at Daisy Geek Girls. I'm um, at S Krishna, and I'm at Run with Skizzers. And until um, next time, we'll, we'll see, see you, you in, in hell. hell!